Hey there, my name is Paul and this is Out of Neutral, a weekly tune-up where we look to the Bible to get in gear and follow Jesus into the life he came to make possible. Today I want to talk about how the ATM machine has blown up your faith. I had an opportunity to go into a time machine. I visited a world before self-serve gas stations were introduced. Attendants greeted me and made conversation. They cleaned my windows and offered to take any garbage inside my vehicle. It was a world before online banking, where people still went to tellers to make transactions. Sitting, waiting to be served, I would talk with other customers and often see someone I knew. It was a world before self-checkout machines came to grocery stores. The cashiers would ask about my family and talk about their day. Everything, everything seemed to take a little more time, but there was more human interaction. I felt known. I felt like I was part of a community. I felt more human. It wasn't actually a time machine that I'd gone in, but it felt like one. I'd just gotten on a plane to visit Japan for the first time. While there was much that was more modern and technologically advanced than Canada, valuing community and relationships so highly as they do, Japan resisted many of the kinds of more independent innovations that I described above. But change is ine inevitable, particularly when it's driven by efficiencies and cost savings. And so Japan today looks more like Canada in those respects. Why am I mentioning all of this? Because these changes impact the way that we view our faith and we're all more vulnerable as a result. Let me explain. When we decided that it would be cheaper to pump our own gas than have someone do it for us, the calculation was that it was gas that we needed and the people involved were just a wasted expense. The same value judgment went into ATM machines and self-serve kiosks. And cashiers and tellers know that they're competing, for, competing with machines for their jobs now, so they're assessed for robot, robotic efficiency, not warmth or conversation. What happens when we take those values to our faith? We assume that the truth is what we need and the human interaction is just a wasted expense. We download sermons instead of going to church. We listen to our own worship music instead of singing with God's people. When we do attend a worship service, we try to make the experience as quick and efficient as possible. Preferably last one in, first one out. Even time spent in Bible reading and prayer, if there is any, is focused on an efficient search for what we want. Practical life tips, relief from guilt, stuff that we need, instead of a personal interaction with the living God. And in the process, we hollow out the essence of the Christian life and replace it with a shell. And we wonder why it doesn't work. Notice by contrast that whenever the Bible talks about growth, it inevitably points to other people. It assumes community. It drives us to fellowship. In Colossians 3.12, for example, when Paul urges Christians to display compassion, kindness, and humility, he won't let people do so in an abstract, individualistic sense. He says instead, as God's chosen ones. He wants us to think about ourselves in relationship to God, and to his people. We need to be connected to the family of God. Then he follows that up in verse 13 with some one another's, as he often does. He talks, for instance, about 
bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Are you getting close enough to other people in the church that you need to put up with the things about them that rub you the wrong way? Do you stick it out in fellowship when it's hard, or do you tend to walk away? From forgiveness, he turns in verse 14 to love, saying, And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. But he's not just telling us to love our kids or our spouses. We're to love our brothers and sisters in the church. We know that because in the next verse, he reminds us that you were called in one body. And then tells us we're supposed to be teaching and admonishing one another. Now, it's only natural that we would be tempted to see church through the same lens that we see gas stations, banks, and grocery stores. We're all busy people, and we assume that the more efficient we can make our lives, the better. Besides, the less intera interaction we have with people, the more effort it takes for us to engage in it. But God has designed us for relationships, and we can't follow Jesus without joining his people. When we reduce church to a sermon and treat God like an ATM machine, it's not Christianity anymore. And the hope is that as we invest in fellowship and make time for people, we'll enjoy the strength and help that God intends to give. We'll enjoy the Christian life as God designed it. We'll see that the time invested in people was worth the investment. That's all for this time. If today's video has helped you get out of neutral, leave a comment, share it with your friends, and subscribe to join us on the journey.